Well, if you have your Bibles uh, with you this morning, uh, Hebrews 13, 12 to 21 is uh, where we'd like to go. We want to talk about the uh, God perspective, keeping that focus on Jesus. And uh, man, uh, after this week, it's like I had my message beforehand before we got to the uh, uh, more restrictions being announced. It's just kind of like, okay, yes, yes, go back to what you're preaching and remind yourself. Keep the focus on Jesus, and so that's what we are trying to do, and uh, we have to work at that with all the things that are going on uh, in our world. So Hebrews 13, 12 to 21. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Pray for us, for our conscience is clear, and we want to live honorably in everything we do. And especially pray that I will be able to come back to you soon. Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him, all glory to him forever and ever. Amen. And may the Lord bless his word uh, to our hearts uh, this morning. Well, this morning I want to continue to share about keeping a God focus uh, during this time. And especially as we continue to keep getting more news of restrictions or more people getting sick. we got an election uh, tomorrow that's on a lot of people's minds we need to keep reminding ourselves, keep the focus on Jesus. That's where our eyes really need to go. And I know we're all tired of COVID and uh, probably of even politics too. And it can be very easy to get caught up in all those conversations. And sometimes those conversations, if we'll admit it, really aren't all that God-honoring. And it can be discouraging, I know, for people with uh, folks getting sick, people having to isolate it, things being canceled, things being rearranged as I was doing that wedding yesterday I was thinking of how many other people that have postponed their wedding to put it at another time and now finding that uh, uh, presently you're only allowed 50 people and so uh, just thinking of all those individuals out there that have made plans made arrangements again and then everything just kind of gets thrown away and so there's a lot of people out there that you know it's very discouraging uh, as they think about what's happening at, at this time and then all the changes, the controversies that are out there. Again, keep our eyes on Jesus. And you'll see through the book of Hebrews, that is a constant reminder. Hebrews chapter 12, too, it says, We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And we really need to keep that God perspective uh, during that time. And looking to Jesus to guard our responses, to guide our responses, and to keep our hope for a future that is good. I was reading a, a devotional this week uh, of Igniting Revival Fire. And in that devotional, there's uh, uh, numbers of revivalists that share short, uh, 
short stories, short chapters uh, about revival. And uh, one of the statements that kind of caught my eye this week was by uh, Derek uh, Drahan. I'm not sure that's a proper pronunciation. But anyway, he says, if we want our atmosphere to change, we need to start speaking what heaven is speaking. And I thought, man, that's a powerful statement. If you want the atmosphere to change. And so as we look at the atmosphere that is in our world right now and in our nation right now, well, if we want it to change, start speaking what heaven is speaking. And I think that's a very powerful truth that we all should apply. And as we see that with our governments, our medical health officials, the media, and just about every other person, everyone's making a comment uh, Sometimes we can come to conclusions that may or may not happen. And sometimes we convince ourselves that this is what it's going to be. And, you know, even as we had election coming tomorrow, we've already in our minds, a lot of us have said, well, if so-and-so gets in, well, that's it for the country. If this person gets in, well, maybe that'll be a bit better. If this, and we've got all these kind of thoughts going in our heads, and we're coming to conclusions that we really have no idea whether those things will really happen or not. And that's why it's always good to balance all these thoughts with what's God saying. You know, hearing what God has to say. And as we hear what God has to say, God's words always bring comfort, peace, and strength. If, but if we focus on all the other things of what everyone else is saying, often that's what can bring on fear. So hearing what God has to say does give us that perspective of heaven, that things are not going to stay the same, that there's going to be a change that will take place, even if it may not look that way in the natural, God is still able to bring about the changes that need to take place in our world. I like the perspective of a revivalist by the name of Jeff Lyle from Georgia, USA, and he wrote these words in 2020. It says, It is my firm conviction that before Jesus Christ returns to earth to establish his kingdom, this planet will receive the most potent manifestation of the presence and power of God that has ever been offered. Yes, I believe that we will witness mass repentance and salvation, physical healings that parallel what is recorded in the book of Acts will occur. Miraculous signs and wonders will manifest that serve to prepare people for the second coming of King Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but that strikes a chord with me. I think that is a good prophetic word to be proclaiming and believing and praying into that would happen in our church, our community, and in our area. And I'm certainly that's something that I've been praying for, holding on to for many, many years. And uh, really is why I'm still here today is because I believe God is something very special for this area. Now, I know next week we were supposed to uh, have a very prophetic man, Charlie, come, and he was uh, going to share with us one of the visions that God gave him of this area, of what God is doing. And that always encourages me, too, when I think of that, that, you know, it's one thing for yourself to dream dreams about wonderful things taking place, but when people from other areas have those dreams about us and then come to us, I think that's a, really a great uh, booster in our faith. Well, anyway, Charlie's been in contact with some people that have had COVID. He doesn't have COVID, but he's not able to be here next week because of that contact. So just uh, let you know. So uh, lots of things keep changing, and that's the way we're running church right now. 
uh, which I really don't like. I'm very much an organized, more organized person, and it just seems every time I plan something, you throw it out the door. But anyway, uh, God's still on the throne. God still has good plans for each and every one of us. And I know that we all have those times when we kind of wonder, God, is it ever going to happen? Is there ever going to be that breakthrough? Like, when's this going to take place? And, you know, we, in our natural, I want things happening now, uh, not tomorrow or the next day. I'd be maybe happy with tomorrow. Uh, but sometimes that's not how God works. And in his time, he will make all things beautiful in his timing. Not mine, but in his timing. And so sometimes waiting for that isn't always easy. But we need to be listening to what heaven is telling us. We can hear the noise and the roar of the world. Right now it's a roar that is going on of what is happening, what is taking place. And I think as Christian people, we need to be listening to what's the roar that's taking place in heaven that's going to really happen and take place over our world. And so that takes some focusing, some listening, attentiveness above the roar of this world. And, you know, we're not the only ones throughout the history of uh, our our world that has gone through times like this. There's been uh, many other times very, very similar to what we're going through. And if you read your history, you'll find that it's very, very true. And you'll also find that the reactions are exactly the same as the reactions that we still have today. And so with all that taking place, even back in the book of Hebrews, well, there was quite a roar that was going on from the world at that time as well. And he knew that the the, the Christian people that he was writing to, they were struggling. There was persecution that was coming against the Christians. Uh, Their faith was being uh, challenged. Uh, Many of them, their, their hope was declining. Some were choosing to say, well, you know, where is God? And they're getting frustrated with God. They're starting to walk away from God, falling away from God. And, and that's why when you read the book of Hebrews, there's so many warnings in there about people do not fall away. There are eternal consequences if you choose to walk away from God. But sometimes the roar of the world can just fill our minds so much that it, it gets us off focus. It gets us away from hearing what God has to say at this time. And so, again, just want to really encourage, and I know God's saying the same thing to me, to keep the focus on Him. And and that's what I'm trying to do myself personally, and I I trust I'm helping you to do so as well, that we might keep our focus, keep our eyes on Jesus, because there's unfinished business that God still has to do right here, even in this place. I like those words that are on the back of our wall here. And uh, I, lots of times I'll pray that, read that, and it is an encouragement. Reading it from the New Living Translation, what it says there, it says, the vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. It seems slow in coming. Wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Though it tarries, wait for it. And, and that's something I believe God is, is calling all of us as Christians. Like, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't start uh, coming to conclusions that this is it. This is all over. This is done. Wait for it. There's a promise yet to come. And I I believe there's going to be a promise of many salvations in our world yet to come before the return of Jesus Christ. And so we need to keep a God's perspective at this time, praying for intervention, praying for promises to be filled, praying for the miraculous and the fulfilling of the promises of heaven. And so this morning, I just want to keep focusing 
uh, on that aspect to have that perspective of heaven. And the first thing that the author of Hebrew points out to us in keeping a God perspective is to remember that this earth is not your home and, we, and that we need that perspective of heaven. It says, uh, verse 14, it says, For this world is not a permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. And I know for probably all of us, we really do put a lot of effort in enjoying our lives right here as if this was it, like as if this was going to be everything that we would ever do. And so we try to you know, fill our lives with so many different things because we kind of think, well, this is it, like this is the life. Well, God's trying to remind us, no, no, this is just a small part of your life. You have an eternity yet with me and that you need to be looking forward to a day when you will be with Christ and where you'll be in eternity for the rest of your life. And so God wants to remind us that our world is not our home. And uh, not to be just putting so much effort into this home as to the effort of our eternal home. So God always has an eternal focus. And that sometimes with us is hard to grasp because a lot of our focus is what we can see, what we know, and, and the here and now. While God, he knows the beginning from the end. See, he knows all those things. And so his perspective is much different than ours, but still we need to be calling out to him, crying out to him that we might have that heavenly perspective that he has, what he sees during this time. And I think if we could have the eyes of Christ, of what he's seeing and of what he plans to do right now, I think that would be a huge encouragement for us than what we're seeing taking place all around us. We as Christians, followers of Christ, need to keep that heavenly perspective and uh, focusing on heaven, being ready for heaven. I was, uh, I was just talking with an individual that was praying for another person with cancer in our community. And as they were praying for that person, the person replied to them and said, you know what I'm doing? They, they give me nine more months to live. Well, I'm going to be concentrating on these nine months about my eternity. And I thought, you know, that, that's a powerful statement to make. That as they got bad news... They decide, say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm really going to concentrate on Jesus right now. I'm really going to focus on Jesus right now. That's what's important because I know I have an eternity ahead with me. Of course, Jesus speaks those kind of things in the Gospels. Matthew 6, 19 to 21 says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat at them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. And, and so sometimes that's a, another good indicator that we look at ourselves sometimes and what's your treasure? What are you treasuring at this time? What's important to you at this time? Does it involve God? Is God a part of that? And if he's not part of that, then we know we need to make some adjustments uh, in our lives. Are we believing for better days? Are we believing for profitable days? Are we believing for days where God will move upon our land? Uh, are we believing for God to move in ways that we've never seen happen uh, before? Are we believing in those dreams that God has given us? And that's something that we need to do. We need to keep those things up. Keep believing. Keep trusting. Uh, though it tarries, the Bible says, wait for it. Wait for it. We're not very good at waiting. I'm not very good at waiting either. But that's what the Bible says, wait for it, wait for it, because it will surely come. If I have spoken it, it will happen 
as I said, it, has, it will happen. And, you know, when we come to, our, you know, living here on this earth, sometimes, you know, we face disappointment. Sometimes we even get disappointed with God. But what we really need to be is be disappointed with our world because this is not our home. God is preparing a better place for us in heaven, a place where he desires all people to experience. And uh, that's again, kind of gets us back to our vision of a church that we need to reach out and touch the people of our area with the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's what's important, that people know who Jesus is. Because we don't know the day or the hour when he we may come. We don't know when sickness or tragedy might come our way and our life can be taken from us. That's why we need to know Jesus now and every day. I like the words of the patriarch Abraham that he was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. Uh, I can think of that when we came out west. We didn't know where we were going. We just said, felt God say, you just move west. That's kind of a very strange way to, to move. I don't really recommend you just getting in a vehicle and start going in a direction and see what happens. Uh, but that's kind of what we did. And uh, God eventually brought us to this place. I was looking for a place where God is going to move, but something's going to happen. And I believe that this is that place. Now, a second area where the author encourages us to keep a God perspective is by keeping a perspective of praise. Don't stop praising our God. He is worthy of our praise at 24-7, around the clock, just as it is in heaven. Praise needs to be happening in our lives. Praise needs to be filling the earth. I think uh, about this every Sunday when I come to church, and I think of uh, this day happening all over the world, and, and people all over the world coming to church and praising God. and saying, like, wouldn't that be cool if you could just kind of tap into that and, you know, with all that Zoom calls and put every church in the whole world on this giant Zoom call that we all could hear the praises of God coming from all over the world. That would be pretty awesome. And as you think about that, that's just a small portion of heaven because heaven is far more people there than there are here. The Bible says, Hebrews 13, 15, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God. Praising makes a huge difference in our lives. I just find it amazing, uh, even on a Sunday, that as you come to church and maybe you're not feeling so great, maybe you had a bad week, maybe you had a rough morning, and you come to church and you just start to make that effort to start to praise God, and how all of a sudden you feel peace, you start to feel good inside, maybe you come with a headache, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, my headache's gone. And, and you just begin to experience the presence and peace of Almighty God. See, praise makes a difference. Praise breaks the spirit of heaviness. Sometimes we come to church with heavy spirits because we've had a tough week. We had a facing some tri trying times. And the Bible says then if you want to get rid of that spirit of heaviness, start praising him. Start praising him. Pa praise lifts us up. Praise encourages us. It's no wonder when we're to approach God that God tells, I want you to come before me with praise. Very, very important. Psalm 104. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. So God, you know, as we praise God, we're blessing God. But what I find so amazing is that I am trying to bless God. I am bringing my sacrifice and offering praise to him. And as I do that, it's not a one-way thing. 
all of a sudden he starts blessing me. All of a sudden he starts touching me. All of a sudden I'm starting to feel the presence of God. All of a sudden I'm starting to feel any heaviness, sometimes sickness or discouragement start to leave as I'm praising him. So it's an amazing thing. It's a powerful thing. Praise changes atmospheres. And right now over our world today, it's not a very good atmosphere. So what's going to change it? Praise is going to change it. A heavenly perspective is going to change it as we start praising him, start calling out to him and giving him the praise that he desires. It changes our atmosphere. God gives us a new song to start singing. We might have had a very discouraging song to sing uh, before we start to praise. But as you start praising him, all of a sudden there's a new song that you're declaring and that you're singing over your life. Helps us to take our eyes off the world and helps us to put our eyes back on him. It makes a big, big difference. So I want to encourage you, keep those times of praise. And with all the technology that we have today, uh, you know, th there's no excuse for us not having times of praise. Uh, when you're at home, put on the praise. If you're driving the car, put on the praise. If you're uh, exercising and working out, then put in the earbuds and, and you can have that praise going on. And just begin to fill your mind, fill your heart with good things and watch your atmosphere change, not just in you, but also around you. Third thing that will help us keep a God perspective in our lives is to keep an eye on our allegiance. Uh, who are you loyal to? Our allegiance needs to be about Jesus. That's what it needs to be. Hebrews 13, 15, Therefore let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. See, we need to be determined to serve the Lord all the days of our life. No matter what comes our way, it needs to be something that we decide, decide upon at the start of our journey in faith. You know, sometimes we, you know, we accept Jesus, it feels good, but we really don't make that commitment to say, you know what, I am going to serve him the rest of my days. That no matter what happens to me, I will serve the Lord. And sometimes we don't do that. And because we don't have that resolve, because we don't make that as a commitment inside of us, we can easily slide or fall away or, or turn our backs on, upon God. We're to remain faithful. We're to remain loyal. We're to remain committed to God. You know, every Christian should have that attitude that as we serve the Lord, that we serve him all the days of our lives, and there's no turning back. It is not an option. That needs to be really cemented into our minds, into our hearts to say, I don't care what happens. I don't care how the discouragement may come our way. Bad things may happen to me. I have made a choice. I will serve the Lord. There is no turning back. It's not an option for me. I will remain faithful to my God. So that, that's a, a big thing. That's an important thing. Joshua, he makes that statement uh, to the people of Israel, and he tells us in Joshua 24:15. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I don't care what happens. I don't care what the rest of you decide to do. Maybe you will serve the Lord. Maybe you won't. But as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. And that needs to be all of us as well. We need to be saying the same thing. Whatever happens, whatever happens, sometimes there's some very hard things that take place in our lives. Sickness comes our way. Death comes our way. Tragedies come our way. All kinds of things in life 
uh, take place that it can be very, very hard. But we need to be at that place that whatever takes place in my life, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Be determined. Be resolved to serve the Lord at all times. Again, always good to examine ourselves and what are our loyalties right now? What's really important to us right now? Sometimes there needs to be a readjustment. Maybe we kind of got a little bit sidetracked a little bit. And we got to get back that place of being loyal to God. That's who we need to be loyal to. Allegiance to God alone. Then a fourth area where we're encouraged to keep a God perspective is by keeping that perspective of continuing to do good. Hebrews 13, 16, and don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. I find that very interesting. He's telling that these are the sacrifices. He's not offering, telling us anymore to offer up bulls and lambs and goats and, and burn them in a fire and, and create an aroma uh, of uh, worship to God. Today he's telling us, no, do good and share with those in need because those are some of the sacrifices that are very pleasing to me. And so as Christians, we need to be focusing on doing good. And right now, you know, there's lots of things out there that, you know, are, are good things in themselves. But we can get involved in so many areas and so many other things that they're really not profitable for the kingdom. And we also see out there today there's lots of misrepresentations of the gospel. Uh, that's been a problem since the start of the gospel. There's always those that go the an opposite direction and, and start uh, doing things they shouldn't be doing and then they misrepresent the gospel and Christians start behaving in ways that they shouldn't be behaving in. So again, keep the focus doing good, helping one another, practicing loving on people, saying good things about people. Again, you know, we're, we're living in a time where we've really, as even as Christians, we've become very verbal uh, in our conversations, and we're speaking a lot of things that not, are not always very good words to be speaking of other people. And, and I think God just reminds you, be careful. Uh, keep loving people. Keep caring about people. Keep the focus on doing good. Keep that focus on speaking good and uh, helping people in need because those are the things that really get God's attention. And so let's guard, guard our lives uh, that we might... Be those kinds of people that are out there doing good, speaking good. Even when we have opinions that are very strong, and I know with elections, lots of strong opinions out there. I know with COVID, lots of strong opinions out there. Be careful. We are called to do good. We are called to share and help people in need. So let's keep that in mind. It's also interesting that as we do these things, this gets the attention of God. And that's a wonderful thing. Do you want God's attention? Start doing things that are good. Start helping people. That gets God's attention. So if you want his attention, that's a good thing. But another blessing that I see here is that not only does doing good get the attention of God, it gets the attention of our world. Our world is looking for changes in their atmospheres. And they're looking for people that are out there that are going to respond with good. I want to tell you, if you want the world's attention, start doing things that are good and helping people that are in need. And that's going to get far more attention from them than anything that you can say or post or do. Uh, way, way better. I, I know how the Apostle Paul, he 
He addresses a Christian uh, facing persecution numerous times throughout Scripture. And as the world was facing evil uh, and there were, he speaks about their response and how they should respond to the world. And he says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. You know, we don't fight back the same way that the world does. And I think a lot of us are being deceived as Christians that this is how we fight back. We start doing the exact same things that the world is doing. And that's not what the Bible says at all. The Bible says we're to fight back by doing good and by helping one another. And so doing good actually conquers evil. Otherwise, we're just coming in agreement with evil. So we want to conquer evil. We want to displace evil. And we'll do that by doing good and blessing one another. So another a great perspective to keep in mind. A fifth one here in keeping a God perspective, we're also to honor spiritual leaders. And maybe that's not something that comes to our, our minds as something that maybe isn't important or should be considered, but actually according to the Word of God, it is. We are to respect and appreciate, pray for, listen to, uh, to those that are, that are our spiritual leaders that are proclaiming the Word of God and, of course, are proclaiming us to keep that godly perspective. Verse 17 says, Obey your spiritual leaders. Do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. This would certainly not be, that would certainly not be for your benefit. See, it's always good to honor spiritual leaders. You're just something good about doing that. And uh, as you do that, there is a blessing indeed that comes up. And we need to remember that as you think of spiritual leaders, uh, not just myself, but all the pastors that are out there, all those that are out there in ministry, they've given up dreams and jobs and homes and family, finances, uh, to, to follow the call of God. Uh, they've been trained. Uh, they have been recognized, or they should be recognized by other spiritual leaders, that they've been called by God and to ministry. They have given their lives to invest in others, to watch over the souls of people in their churches. And, you know, every pastor, whether you realize or not, they do recognize that they are under a, a, a higher calling and a higher accountability than the rest of the congregation. Uh, the Bible does talk about that we will be judged more severely than what a congregation will be. And so that, that's something that's on pastor's mind. I guarantee you that it is. And uh, our job is to protect the, the flock of God, even if it is at the expense of our own uh, lives or even our own injury that we're to, to do that. And so, you know, spiritual leaders are important people. And having a proper view of spiritual leaders does help us with a proper godly perspective. 1 Timothy 5.17 says, Elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. And uh, I am blessed as a pastor here. Our church does uh, look after me well, and uh, I, I believe that blessing comes back upon you for doing so. But that needs to be our view and response to spiritual leaders, that they are important to God, and we need to uh, reverence them in that sense. And so it's another piece of advice of Scripture uh, that helps us to have a God perspective. Now, I know someone can say, well, what about those you know, preachers or people, those spiritual leaders that have done bad things. Well, that's a whole other uh, category. You do, obviously, if they've done bad th things, there needs to be an accountability. 
hopefully the organization or fellowship that they're with will hold them accountable. And there's also laws in the land uh, where uh, that can hold uh, people that have misrepresented the gospel accountable as well. And we trust those things will work. And so we give that to God and to uh, the right authorities. And then lastly, in this area of keeping a God perspective, with the importance of prayer. Prayer and a daily time of prayer with God is so crucial in the mind of God. And right now, I, I can tell you, I think that's the most important thing for us as a church and for every church we're doing right now is to pray. This passage of Scripture, it says, Pray for us, for our consciences are clear, and we want to live honorably in everything we do, and especially pray they'll be able to come back to you soon. As Christian people, we are called to be praying for one another. And right now with elections and COVID, civil liberties, and all those kinds of things that, uh, you know, are getting our world talking, you know, some of us as Christians are just joining in, joining in the whole thing, and we're not doing what we're called to do. It says we're called to pray. And when things get bad, when things get, you know, get disrupted as Christians, we are called to pray. And the Bible tells that many times, you know, we could quote that passage in Chronicles, if my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Well, then will I hear from heaven? Then will I heal their land? I think that's a powerful verse that I don't really see a whole lot of Christians right now doing that. Here we are with this. COVID pandemic that's happening all over the world, how many Christians are coming together and praying? I think that's so very, very important. And even for our church, I believe God is calling us as a church to stand up for one another, pray for one another, to intercede on behalf of one another. There's been lots of sickness and pretty major things happening in our own congregation uh, here of late where we really need to get together as a body of Christ and say, no, no, not here. No, this isn't going to take place. We are going to pray. We are going to intervene. We are going to intercede. We are going to start praying for one another like never before because we're going to say no, no to sickness, no, no to discouragement, no, no to all the things that are coming against our people, no to COVID because we're going to start praying people through. James 5, verse 13 says, Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. If any of you are happy, you should praise. Again, two of those things of keeping a focus. Then verse 16 says, Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. You know, I've been, I've been really concerned about what I'm seeing in regards to what's happening out there in our world today and and even with our Christian responses uh, that are taking place as well. And uh, sometimes as I'm reading stuff, I'm thinking like, hold it now. You're encouraging anarchy is what you're encouraging. That's not what God's people are called to do. We're not to be encouragers of anarchy. Rather, we're to be people to be praying for the intervention of God. And that's something that's very, you know, really preached throughout scriptures. First Timothy 2.1 says, I urge you, first of all, Pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede in their behalf. Give thanks for them. Tomorrow there's going to be a, a, a new prime minister. Maybe the same prime minister. I don't know. But the Bible tells me something. I'm to pray for him. I'm going to intercede for him. 
and even to give thanks for him. I know in the natural, I'm going to have to fight with that, depending who that might be who gets in. But we have a, a job to do as Christians. We're to pray. We're to pray. And if there's ever a time we need to pray, it is now. You know, I've been, in many ways, been overwhelmed and during this since I've been actually back home or even before I got back home from holidays, just by the many prayer requests that we're receiving. Uh, there's many prayer requests that come out of this body. There's many prayer requests of people that know our church that send us that. There's many people that are watching online uh, that are sending us prayer requests. And, and sometimes, you know, I, I start writing down a list that I can pray for all these things because I don't want to forget those things that people ask me to pray for. But I can tell you, it does get overwhelming. And so I've been texting more and more a number of you uh, to say, hey, I need you to help me to pray for these people. And uh, if that's something, if you want to be part of those texts, well, obviously, then I need to have your permission. And I also would need your, your, your cell phone number that I would know, you know, who to text to uh, that we might pray for individuals. Because I really believe as a church, God's really calling us, like, kind of get serious about prayer. Kind of get serious about praying for one another. Uh, you know, as I said, this morning, just before I'm even here at church, people are calling me and say, hey, pastor, I got a cough today. Uh, I'm not going to be there. And then, you know, five minutes later, hey, pastor, uh, I'm not going to be there. Um, I'm coughing this morning, so I'm not going to be there. Another call, pastor, uh, I'm COVID positive, so I'm not going to be there this morning. And then just talking to people, you hear of other people that are, are sick or have COVID. Uh, there's lots of needs out there right now. Our, our worship pastor, uh, we really need your prayers right now. We need to see that breakthrough. A week is more than enough. We need to see those breakthroughs. And uh, other pastors, think about Pastor uh, um, Gary Mason. Uh, he's on, it's on Facebook, so I'm not breaking any uh, confidence there. They've been asking prayer. He used to pastor Lakeview in Bonneville. And uh, he's been on a ventilator. And so lots of people out there are saying, I need a miracle. And, and they're calling us to say, would you please pray for us? So I am looking to you as a congregation as well to join me and to help me that we might pray for the needs that are taking place uh, all around us. And tonight we're, we're going to open the church up at 630, just an hour time of prayer. And, and we're going to be praying for our nation. We're going to be praying uh, for this election and uh, that God would have his way. And I know all of us, including myself, in my mind, I have an idea of who should be the next prime minister. But you know what? God might have a different view. God might know whose heart is more tender to him and who might listen to his voice than what I think. And so I want to get heaven's perspective. I want to be praying for heaven's will to be done uh, he here and uh, in our, our elections that are taking place tomorrow. So we need to be praying. We need to get that perspective of heaven. Uh, we need to be stepping up and responding to the needs that are right around us because there's lots of needs right here. You don't have to go too far. If we start getting people to stand up today, I bet you each person here could probably stand up and tell you of some need or some area where we need prayer. We need the body of Christ uh, to join with us because, you know what, we're, we're praying ourselves, but it's like, man, it's not getting through. I, I need help. I need help, and I'm telling you as a pastor, I need your help uh, to be praying for all these needs that are coming our way because we do want to see God respond 
and to touch uh, all these needs. And so kind of in a different time in a message, I'm going to pray as part of this message here this morning that uh, you can just uh, agree uh, uh, with me. So Heavenly Father, we're just coming together as the body of Christ. Lord, th this is a group of people that are concerned about others. Lord, this is a group of people that do pray. We have many, many people in this church, Lord, that I would consider that they're not just people who pray, but they're actually prayer warriors. And Lord, I'm very thankful for that. And so, Lord, we're coming before you today, and Lord, we lift up our worship pastor today. Uh, Father, she's been really going through a, a difficult time, and her body being in the hospital in and out, uh, Lord, throughout this past week. And Father, we declare an end to this in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just speak a healing uh, over her body, a strengthening to take place in her body right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we, we pray for those individuals with cancer. And, and Lord, as we uh, we think of the lady in our, our church that's been suffering with cancer, and uh, Lord has been a woman of faith. She has been an example to all of us, Lord, to keep trusting God, keep holding on. But Lord, it gets hard at times. It gets hard to keep standing. And Lord, we just pray that right now she will feel the, the power and the strength of her church coming together and praying for her and believing with her that, Lord, she will come through this, that she will be victorious, and that, Lord, cancer will be beaten in Jesus' name. We pray for that other individual with cancer, uh, Lord, that we've been praying for as well. Uh, not Most people don't know about that individual, but, Lord, we just pray for that individual that has nine months to live. And we're praying, God, for the intervention of God, that, Lord, even though they're, they're looking for eternity, they're ready for eternity, God, we want to join with them and lift them up, that, Lord, that you would intervene and that you would touch them this very morning. Lord, we pray for those that are suffering from COVID right now. Lord, we're thankful that most are uh, suffering just a mild form of it. But, Lord, there's a number of people are suffering a very, very serious form. We're thankful that, Lord, the, uh, one of our own church people, Lord, that was in hospital for over 10 days is home and doing well, recovering well. And, Father, we want to uh, pray that over all of our people, uh, that, Lord, that they would get well quickly. And, Lord, we would pray uh, over all of us, Lord, that don't have COVID, that, Lord, uh, that there would be a standard raised up against that and that, Lord, we would not be sick and that, we, Lord, we would not have this uh, disease upon us. And so, Lord, we're praying for that, God, and your guidance over that, Lord. We're praying for the COVID numbers to go down across the world and in our nation. And, Lord, especially in our Lakeland region, it's one of the highest in all of Alberta. And so, so Lord, we just pray that, Lord, that you would... Uh, move by your Holy Spirit across this land and bring healing to all those people with COVID. Praying for marriages, Lord, that uh, people that have been uh, going through some difficulties in their marriages, that, Lord, that you would intervene in their marriages. Lord, that you would help people in their finances. Those that have been struggling with finances where one day they're working, then the next day they don't have a job. So, God, I pray that you would bring your people through all those circumstances, all those things that they are facing and dealing with. We pray for those pastors, Lord, that have asked us for prayer. Think of the pastor in India, Lord, that uh, was saying he had to take his son to the hospital. And, uh, Lord, he's worried about his son as he's taking him to the hospital there. And we, we pray for that son. We pray for that son that he would experience healing. We think of uh, another pastor in Texas that many of our people know and that, Lord, his son's a newborn baby, Lord, with cancer. And, uh, Lord, they, there's basically nothing more they can do. 
There's nothing else they can do in the natural. And so, God, we're praying for the miracle-working God just to touch that child in the name of Jesus and to bring healing in Jesus' name. Father, we're just praying as well, family salvation. Uh, Lord, we want to see our children and our children's children saved. And so, God, we pray for that. We, we pray for our loved ones. They, they would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We pray for our world, Lord, that they would come to the knowledge of Jesus. Lord, as a, uh, I was thinking as I was praying with one of my brothers this week, and we went out to his home, and we were praying outside, and we were praying for his community. And, and Father, we're praying that. We're praying that the love of God, that there would be a visitation of the love of God that would come in every home, every home, that, Lord, you wouldn't miss any home, that you would give every person an opportunity to experience the love of our Heavenly Father and the love of God. And so we pray that, Lord, over our community. We pray that over our region, that, Lord, there would be a visitation and that people would have that opportunity, uh, Lord, to experience you and to realize that the love of God is greater than anything else. And so, Lord, we're, we're praying into that as well today in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we're praying for our election. Lord, we all have our opinions and we all have our thoughts. And, God, I, I just pray that, Lord, God is in the election. We pray that, Lord, the right person would get in. And, Lord, even if that goes against what we think should be the right person, God, you're still in control. And, God, please forgive us when we kind of forget that, because sometimes we do. You're still in control. And you're bigger than all of our problems. You're bigger than any prime minister. You're bigger than any election. You're bigger than any COVID situation. You're, you're bigger than, Lord, in all of our hospitals right now that are kind of maxed out with... Uh, uh, Lord, a lot of people that have a, a serious form of this COVID. And God, we're just asking for your intervention. We're asking for intervention. Lord, I heard this uh, week that they said, oh, wait till next week because next week's going to be a whole lot worse. Well, Father, we don't want to receive those words. And we pray that this is going to be a good week. And we're going to see those numbers go down and people get restored, people get healthy, people get strong, and that this COVID would go. And so, Lord, just as a body here this morning, we do want to pray. And so, Lord, help us to pray. Help us to be concerned about one another enough that, Lord, we just stop what we're doing and that we would start praying for one another. Praise his name. And, Father, we just break off all fear. We break off all deception. We break off manipulation. And, and Father, we're just praying that, God, the peace of God surpasses all understanding. Lord, would just come over everyone's hearts and minds. People that are afraid right now, uh, people that are scared right now, Father, I just pray the peace of God to come and to touch them. People who are sick right now, we just pray for the healing power of God. I pray for a manifestation, a physical manifestation, that people would know that they're being touched by God at this very moment and at this very hour. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Lots of requests out there for prayer, friends. I need you. The body of Christ needs you to help and to pray and to seek and to call on heaven. There's been a number of people here in our church that, you know, they're worn out. They've been praying so much about their own health or their own family situation. We need to be coming alongside them and say, we're joining you. You're not alone. When you don't feel that you can pray anymore, when you feel you don't have faith to pray anymore, it's okay. It's okay because I'm praying with you. I'm praying for your wife. I'm praying for your husband. I'm praying for your child. I'm praying for your aunt or uncle, whoever it might be that 
is going through a, a trial at this time. We need to really be doing that. And as we close this morning, I kind of find it interesting that as the writer of Hebrews is writing all these things and talking about perspective, he kind of closes with a blessing. And that's what I'd like to read over you again. It's actually a prayer uh, that he says in those last two verses that we've already read in uh, Hebrews 13, 20, 21. It says, Now may the God of peace, that's what we need right now, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified the eternal covenant with his blood, so we recognize this is the almighty God that we're talking about here. He is able to do things that are far greater than what we can imagine or even think of. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. And all glory to him forever and ever. Amen. The musicians come back to the instruments here and, and close off this service. I really do believe that God is calling us to pray majorly. You know, in many ways, I was kind of feeling this week, you know, I'm working on Bible studies and working on that mental health course. We do that here on that first Wednesday of October. But at the same time, as I hear all these prayer requests and all these needs, I'm just kind of shaking my head and saying, God, I don't know what we really should be doing, but I'm kind of sensing we need to be praying. We just need to throw everything else aside, get on our knees, and start praying and asking God to intervene in our world, our situations, our circumstances, and all the things that are taking place. Because it's time. It's past time for the people of God that we might rise up and begin to pray and say, no, no more, no more. We need to be coming against all this sickness and COVID and people hospitalization, people dying. Uh, no to cancer. My goodness, the people getting cancer, this crazy sickness that is hitting people, hitting people even in our own congregation. No, no, we are going to raise up a standard of prayer. And I, I really believe that's a calling that we all need to do. So as they close with a song of worship, I just encourage you to be listening to what heaven is saying to you. Forget about what everybody else is saying. There's way too many voices out there. There's way too many people roaring out there. Remember to listen for that still, small voice. Still, small voice that often speaks behind the roar. You'll hear the roar, but behind the roar there's a voice that's going to speak to you. It's going to encourage you. And you've got to be listening for it. Sometimes we get so distracted by the roar that we don't hear anything else. But there's a voice that's speaking with all this roaring that's going on right now. You want to make sure you hear it right. You want to make sure that you're hearing what heaven is saying and not just what the world is saying or what pastors are saying or other churches are saying. You need to hear what God is saying. And I pray that you'd hear that still, small voice because there's a voice that's speaking. Right now, it is quiet. Right now, it, it is a still, small voice. But I believe it's going to change soon to a thunder where everyone's going to start hearing. But until that happens, be listening for that voice that's speaking to us. Here in heaven's perspective, keeping the focus on Jesus. Because that's what we're called to do. That's what we really are.